attached to the checking of the sound. Check sound. Hello? Check. One, two, one, two. I can never hear anything when we one, do this. One, two. I can hear you talking. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Sound checking. Checking of the sound. We should start a band where yeah. we just do songs about checking the sound. That'd be fun. No? Yeah. Yeah? Let's it'd be fucking tenacious fucking D do stuff, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. We've already got the musical chops. Do you play <laughs> any instruments? Absolutely not, but I uh, I can sing. Okay. Would you uh, ever tell you about the time I, the the band I was in? I don't think so. <laughs> no, okay. go ahead. Uh, well, some other time. Let's let's check this. <laughs> let's check the sounds. Okay. Fitzgerald's in St. Paul. We are the Daves. You know this is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right. Yes. So I was I've been saving the story um, for the banter. Yeah. Martin and I have been uh, here for about half an hour before we started recording the podcast because we were getting our shit together. Um, and I have this really amazing story from this morning. Half hour wasn't long enough for us to get our shit together, <laughs> but it was not. Uh, but I. So my ultimate frisbee team that I've been playing with for like thirteen years, right? Like I've I've known people on the team longer than I've known. A lot of my good, very good friends, like you and my wife, and all that, um, we do brunch like every like three months or whatever as a as a as a team, and not everybody cool. comes to the brunches, but the brunches sure. are amazing. They are hilarious. We get fucking wasted because we go to Pizza Luce, and Pizza Luce <laughs> does two dollar mimosas. Um, spoiler alert: you can do a double mimosa and get it for four bucks, so it's great. The math adds up. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. There's, there's no deal, but you can just because they come in like little champagne flutes. Otherwise, you get one in a actual wine glass. Oh, that's sure, different. Really. So you can you can more to drink basically. Okay. So that's a fucking game changer that we realized this morning. But um, funny thing was, so one of my teammates, we were uh, he was talking about his 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 current girlfriend, love interest. They've been on a few dates, um, and he was he was talking about her to the to the table relatively loudly sure uh and you know his biggest thing is like he's like he wants to break up with her or he, he's thinking about breaking up with her because she's like very hot and has big boobs oh, right. um Why but, she's you not, but she's not like uh the most mentally engaging is is i don't know he he was much more eloquent about it okay um we i basically was like well what did she do with the boobs like that would be the determining factor for me <laughs> Probably something mentally engaging, <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So, anyways, to his credit, to to my friend's credit, he uh, he was very nice. He's like, well, you know, like I don't think I really like her. She said the the three are close enough to the three words that feel like he's getting close to the "I love you" sort of thing. And so he want he doesn't so want to go like, down that route if he's, he's not. like, I don't really want to. But my friend is the kind of guy who would say "I love you" back because he's a super nice dude who deserves like. 
love and kindness and, and friendship right. and someone to be with forever. However, apparently this girl is not like not the. I don't know. So we were talking. So you know, like, and it's it's a bunch of people who play, have been playing Ultimate Frisbee together for like 15 years. So like, there's literally like no. Um, no barriers between any of us. Like literally, That's good. this team is the. Uh, they they gave me a hoodie uh, that had dicks uh, printed on the inside of it. Like literally, like I bought a hoodie for the team. They had a second hoodie made with the dicks inside of it as a joke. Just because, for you. Yeah, just for me because we love each other so much. Anyways, so cut cut to the so. We're, we're finishing up brunch, right? This is around noon or so. Um, finishing up brunch, and my friend looks at his phone. He's got a text. He turns around, and we're at the Pizza Luce in St. Paul, and sitting in the booth, literally kitty corner from us, is a girl that he says hello to. And she, he goes over, and they, they hug and all that. And we are talking to each other, like other people at the table, or like, Oh, there's no way that that's like, because someone was like, "Is that his? Is that the, the girl that we were talking about?" Like, oh God, no! Like, I was like, you know, and I proffered. I was like, "She doesn't have as big as boobs." She doesn't fit the description. No, right? she doesn't have as big as boobs as he as he said she had. Maybe he's just talking a big game. And <laughs> and they talk and and they come back and someone asks and he's like, "Yeah, that was the girl that we've just spent the last hour oh my God. shitting on." How long was she there? I don't know. She was there the in- well, pretty much the did, entire time. Did they like break up the, then? I no. Mean, the, I don't know. If no? She, I don't know if she heard. I don't know if she heard everything that we talked about her. Like, and to his credit, he didn't say he didn't say a bad word about her. Like, he was right. just like he was expressing. Just, this is something I'm He was expressing with. reservation in uh, in potentially dating her sure. going forward. And whatever. why can't you do that um, with your friends? You know. <laughs> but it was just it was I I. When he told us, like someone asked him, was like, was that, like, who was that? He's like, oh, that was the girl that we were talking about. I literally, I, like, flew my chair off, popped off my hat, and just, I had to, I was laughing and crying so hard and loud <laughs> that I had to run around the corner away <laughs> from everybody else because it was the most hilarious thing that's ever happened on a Sunday when he was in St. Paul. In February, and so he was—he was, uh, he was embellishing the, uh, the 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 teeth. That was that was the whole. Yeah. I mean, well, the dumper. Like, he no, said it was like big boobs. I was like, all right, well, like how big are these boobs? Like you know, and she was, <laughs> and, and she wasn't a not cute girl. Like, she's very very cute, like a, attractive woman. But it was like, I mean, he said big boobs. I'm like, wow, that he, yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, granted, like she had a coat on or whatever, so you can't. See, Anything could have been you lurking. Can generally, figure out. And, he, and then his fucking response was angles. Angles. <laughs> he plays geometry <laughs> with you then? Okay. Well, uh, anyways. Hopefully, he's broken up with her now. He sounds like a sweet I enough guy. Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, Java, Java, if you're listening, break up with that with oh, that woman. Yes. Dave's I know commands it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so, um, so that was good. It had nothing to do with soccer. Um, what no. we're going to talk about today from a soccer standpoint, we've got like, we'll call them the very special episodes. This is going to be a heavy week. So we're going to drop really three podcasts this week. Fuck yeah. We're going to drop a, uh, an Eastern conference preview, which we are about to hand you right now. 
subsequent episode dropped a day or two later is going to be a Western Conference preview. We're getting ready for MLS. MLS kickoff is next weekend, so it's going to be exciting. And then later this week, you're going to get uh, a Minnesota United-specific preview along with a particular game preview for when they, they play their um, season opener against San Jose. So you're going to get three podcasts this week. This first one is going to be the Eastern Conference preview. I'm excited about it. My fingers are numb from typing notes. Uh, what do you say? You want to do this? I do, yeah. No, let's... Uh Let's jump in. Let's jump into it. Okay. So we're going to um, we're gonna take this. Uh, we're not going to cover every single detail. We want this uh, podcast to be shorter than four hours. So we're, what we're going to talk about is an overview of their season. We'll, we'll give you the, the high-level statistics. You know, how many points did they have last week? What was the place they finished in? Uh, we'll go ahead and give you a quick overview of last season. And then we're going to each kind of give a take. Zeller will give a take on this. I'll give a take on what they've done in the offseason what that means for the coming season, uh, what are going to be some of their challenges or their likely strengths, things like that. We'll keep it at a high level. Yeah. And then uh, uh, at the end of all that, we're going to give you a top to bottom. Uh, here's how we think the conference is going Absolutely to play out in terms of the rankings that are, going to be di- that are going to be different because we're both different people. So. They will both be correct in yeah. different um, universes, basically. So. Ooh, forgot to put my rum in my hams. He just... He just created a rum hams. It's all one big science experiment here. No, he's drinking a rum hams, the cheapest possible rum and the cheapest possible uh, beer that he can get a hold of. I, I had the I had the bartender warn me twice now that the beers I was ordering were not like on sale or anything. So I don't know what my bill is gonna look like here, but he called me out and was like, "Look, you know, you know, this costs money, right?" And I was like, all right, whatever. And, and I mentioned that you uh, are a, an embezzler from Wells Fargo, so yep. you have all the money in the world. So that's basically it. Which is why you get this really clear, crisp audio uh, presence from us. Because of my embezzlement. Yeah. Pop, pop. That's they, the big literally, key. like the words just pop, pop, pop right pop, out of my mouth, pop, yeah. out of our mouths. So well, can we can we start? Uh, yeah, yes. Can we talk about DC United? Well, yeah, I mean, let's, let's start at the very yeah, worst, and we'll go to the very from best. last year. Yep. We're gonna start the, at the at the bottom. All right, we're gonna go to the top. And all that fun stuff. Hot. So. Give me the numbers. So, DC United uh, finished last year as the, the, were they the worst, worst team in MLS? MLS? Yeah, thirty-two By a, a handful of measures. Thirty-two points. Uh, they had a negative twenty-nine goal differential. Eleventh uh, in the Eastern Conference, which is, if you are doing math, is the worst. That is. Nice. Um, so yeah, so that's how yeah, DC United ended up last year. Right. So the 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 overview on their story here was uh, other than just being bad, it very was, bad. Yeah, they, they they were the worst. So uh, they did. The, so to their credit, they did make some uh, midseason adjustments that actually like made them not as bad as they probably should have been. Still a very relative way to look at it. Yeah. But yes, they did make some adjustments in last year. So um, basically, the shape of it was this: um, they were worst in a handful of metrics. Um, they had the fewest points. Um, they had the fourth worst defense and the worst offense. So they were bad on every side of the ball. Um, Theoretically, they could only get better. However, I think with a few key exceptions here in the offseason, they've done very little to rebuild, and that's what's the biggest concern. So, well, um, I mean, theoretically, they could get better, but they didn't do anything to make themselves better. That's so they actually, be, they made themselves worse, and, worse and, probably. Well, and, and, yeah, and my point is that they have nowhere to go but up, essentially, but they've done little to go up. So, um, now, maybe it's unfair to say that they've done little. They've at least spent money, which I, I, I will stand by them. They have spent money. Um, but they have so many opportunities that I don't think they've done anything close to fixing the kind of gulf that they need to become competitive. Yeah. Um, the biggest addition has got to be Yamil Assad. Uh, they got him from Atlanta. He, Atlanta's attack is, has so 
much going on with it. He was a little bit surplus to requirements. So they get Yamil Assad on the wing. He's going to be a huge add. Um, and, and I'm sold on Junior Mourinho as a number six. So they've got a couple of key additions. I think that'll make them better. But beyond that, they've got, you know, Darren Maddox and Patrick Mullins up top. And if they're not getting the ball, th those guys are ostensibly okay strikers. They're not awful strikers. Yeah. But they weren't getting the ball last year. And when they did get the ball, it was really easy to play against D.C. United because everybody could just crowd in the box. And they would take – D.C. United is really weird because it, I want to say that they took a bunch of shots from distance, just low percentage shots. And they did take low percentage shots. But actually their yeah. aggregate shot placement was the closest of any team in MLS. But they were entirely futile with all those shots. And what that means is that – Teams could just crowd in front of the box, and D.C. United had no answers. Yeah. So they could let them get close and do nothing, and they never did anything, and it was totally effective. Yeah. I don't know if they fixed that problem. I mean, what, I mean, bringing in Yamil Assad from Atlanta is is a, probably a good antidote to that. Like, that's a guy who can actually, like, create um, in the middle of the field and, and free up some space. Um, I mean, it, I, I was looking up uh, – DC United uh, yesterday, I went, like preparing for the podcast as we are want to do. We always do our pre preparations, yep. not like right before, but a day ahead of time. <laughs> we do. Um, and uh, it, 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 I saw that they had made the postseason three straight years before last year, and I was just like, "What? Wait, what? Which team? What? Yeah. Like DC United made the made the postseason three, and which again means you're if DC United is making your postseason." Um, Three short years ahead of this terrible year, maybe like you're expanding your, too fast. Uh, yeah, you're you maybe have less people make the postseason, but that's never gonna, not, you know, never gonna happen. Um, so, like, they didn't lose many key pieces, although they lost the most key piece, which is we didn't you even mention. Bill Hamid was the, really yeah, the yes. reason that uh, Minnesota United, or sorry, not DC Minnesota, United, DC yeah. United um, was in as many games as they were, right? Like, that guy is a beast, um, and he's off to the, I think, the Swedish league now. <laughs> Something. Um, <laughs> but they do have a, a shit ton of U25 talent, uh, including yeah. Yamil Assad. Yeah, exactly. So um, they brought in David Usted from the Whitecaps. Uh, he's going to be a stable keeper, although he lost the Whitecaps job towards the end of the year last year. So, right. I mean, I don't know. He's, 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 still he's definitely not a one-for-one one trade with Bill Hamid. Probably not. Um, and I, I just – I don't see – I mean, I see DC United probably doing better in terms of points. and But, I mean, they're going to be playing 12 of their first 15 games on the road this year. Yeah. Their 15th game is their home opener at the new Audi Field. Uh, they play two games at temporary stadiums, uh, two home games at temporary stadiums. Um, and so I've just – I. Just, I can't imagine that they're like they're gonna probably be in a really ridiculous hole. Also, as a fun fact uh, for the uh, supporters, we have su our supporter group, the D uh, Dark Clouds and T and E, um, we're reaching out to DC United about going like buying tickets for the game in DC in September, which I think I'm probably gonna go to. So it's a midweek game. It's a Wednesday game. And literally, the response from the front office is like, "Why are you planning on buying tickets for a game in February? In, in September? I love that. It's in February, and it's simultaneously infuriating, but also like it makes me feel kind of good because what we have here is uncommon too. Yeah. I think like, and, and that's where our minds are at. <laughs> exactly. You know? And and so and and the DC front office has a whole. I mean, if you are not familiar with 
all the drama that's going on with the supporters groups at DC. Um, I, I, I would say get to Reddit because all that shit is on Reddit. I've been privy to a few conversations about the fucking shit show that is the DC front office. Yeah. Um, I mean, we complain a bunch about Minnesota United on this podcast, and just generally, I do. Um, I have I'm very good friends with a lot of people in that front office, and I complain about them all the fucking time. But compared to the DC front office, yeah, and compared okay. to actually a lot of front offices yeah. in MLS, Philadelphia we have comes a, to mind. Philadelphia, yeah. the Revolution, yep. um, uh, FC Dallas, um, amongst others. We have it really, really good as supporters yeah. of this team. So you got sometimes you gotta like true. step back and say, okay, like my team's fucking up the details of things. Well, at least they're not fucking up the big ass picture. Like they're just, they're just fucking up the details, <laughs> which they can fix and they can fix e- like much more easily than fucking right, up big picture infrastructure. Shit, so. And so, that's yeah, a good point. So, so um, anyway, okay, so we, we're sorry. both we're both not hot on DC United. <laughs> no, but, God, um, no. A couple oh, opportunities. So there. fucking let's, bad. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Orlando City. Give me the yep. numbers. Uh, Thirty-nine points last year. Negative uh, nineteen goal differential, <clears throat> and tenth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, that's not good for a team that it's like literally had Kaká for basically three years. Yeah. Um, it was aspiring to be a contender in the Eastern Conference yeah. from the get-go. I mean, they they planned their team as being a team that was going to compete right away and you know Atlanta blew them off the board NYC is NYCFC has blown them off the board and so well, what, what, your, what are your thoughts on on all what, right so what, what I, uh, Orlando started off hot last year um, and then they hilariously imploded mm-hmm. um, the club was bad on both ends of the fields um, but particularly on offense they only scored 39 times that was a mark that only two teams couldn't beat um, so, so that's bad, obviously. And for all the both all Eastern, the, Eastern Conference teams, by the way, of course, yeah, the Eastern Eastern Conference was simultaneously much, much better, but had the more particular instances of colossal failure. I yes. feel like than the West did. Um, anyway, so, but they did not rest on their laurels. They had a really good offseason. They added Sasha Kleschen, which it, which is awesome. They grabbed a DP attacking midfielder in I'll fuck up his name, Josue Coleman. Um, they did add. Um, Dom Dwyer last year. I know it's easy to hate Dom Dwyer for a handful of reasons, but he does have a proven goal-scoring record in MLS. I don't think you can turn your back on that. In the meantime, they've gotten rid of Kyle Lahren. I think they did it at the right time. They they, they could still get value for Kyle Lahren, but his production had tapered off. So I think they got rid of Kyle Lahren probably at the right time. He's on to Trabs and Spore. Um, and then what can you say about Kleshin? The dude has led MLS in assists two straight years uh, when he's with New York. He is a huge haul, and they also got rid of, honestly, one of the guys that I fucking hated forever, Carlos Rivas, who was laughably poor as what I will call a second striker for them. Uh, that's dead weight, dead weight that they've gotten rid of, too. I, I think they're making the right the right moves, and you got to remember, they've still got Will Johnson. They've still got Ju- or they've got Justin Miram now. I mean, they've got yep. dudes who can make this happen. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing with, uh, with Orlando is that they definitely – they lost a few like key pieces, but we think about what like, they lost the right key pieces. To exactly, lose. That, I mean, that was that, that was that was where I was going. Sorry, is that, no, no, it's <laughs> fine. I mean, this team was like this team was the hottest team in MLS in the first like eight weeks of the year, and then Kaká came back and they won like three games in the, of their last twenty six. Mm-hmm. Like, and Kyle Aaron, like after getting arrested for drunk driving uh going the wrong way in fucking miami no but yeah but you gotta Good. remember in 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 uh, canada it's 
sorry. It's, no, they still that drive. Was, a, that was Kyle Lahren's excuse. Yeah, they still drive on the same side of the street <laughs> in Canada. I'm sorry. What uh, a great yeah. excuse. Um, so, so, so you're right. Like they got rid of the, the right pieces. Uh, I mean, obviously, Kaká was at, he was literally just on his last legs, and it was yeah. Kaká was clearly a, like a, a glamour signing for Orlando. Yeah. Um, the numbers suggest he had become as much of a liability as yeah, else. and I mean, which is weird because Orlando has proven to be such a really good soccer town. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they probably needed someone like Kaká to make that team like viable in in Orlando. Like, One of the, what the fuck else you got going on in Orlando? You got you got the magic. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's fun cool. to see you the last vestiges of the MLS where you hire the aging. European superstars. That's not the model anymore. No, and it's almost laughable. Do you remember when? When? Uh, do you remember when? Uh, I'm sorry. This podcast is gonna be ten hours long. Do you remember when um, um, Steven Gerrard signed with LA? Oh, like I hated he, pl- it. he played there for like a year and a half. And what was amazing it. about it? I think just it, a year. I don't even think it was a full year and was, a half. What was amazing about that is is that like no one cared. No, no one anywhere cared. Can you imagine the kind of fanfare that that kind of haul would have come with five I, years so before that? For, Nobody cared. For like. Two seconds, I considered buying, like, going out to see Steven Gerrard just in an LA him. Galaxy because I will never see him in a Liverpool kit. Like, you know, it's just I'd never got to Liverpool when he was playing there, and sure. you know, as long as as long as I've been a Liverpool fan, I th- for like two seconds, and I was like, you know what, that's a fucking stupid idea. Why are like why am I even considering spending my money to do this? Sure. So I mean, Kaká's, you know, he's obviously great uh, legend, whatever. Um, but you're right. Like they're probably better with Josue Coleman in that attacking midfield. Absolutely. Spot. I mean, and bringing in diving Dom's not going to hurt your goal scoring. No, uh, he'll score he'll, goals. He'll well, he'll score goals and he'll get penalties because he dives all the fucking time. Um, and you know, we get to maybe potentially see uh, old friend uh, Stefano Pino. Uh, yeah, Stefano Pino. You know, when when Dom Dwyer racks up his uh, diving yellows. Yeah, then somebody's got to step in. Right? Yeah. We'll, we'll be the uh, we'll be the guy who uh, is on the uh, on the attack. There's so. a dude who deserves MLS time. By the he way, so. does. God, it really f- just fucking like grinds my gears that we did not bring him up to fucking MLS last mistake, year. Like yeah. I feel like he would have been a key piece. Got to got to have that room yeah. for Kadri. Minnesota United. We'll talk about that <laughs> in a whole other fucking podcast. We'll get there. Let's move on to the Montreal Impact. Give me the numbers on the Ooh, Montreal Impact. The Montreal Impact. Same number of points. So yeah, thirty nine points. Uh, negative six in the goal differential. They finished ninth in the Eastern Conference last year. Um, I mean, what can we say about the Impact? Well, they they did the, they did the uh, Impact implosion at the end of the year, which was wonderful. Yep. As they are wanting. Uh, they dropped points at home to Minnesota United FC. Uh, only like three other teams in the league did that. So that was a good game. It was. Oh, it was that was a fun fucking, game. It was yeah. brilliant. I was. I remember. Was at, I was at the Lake Monster, watching it, and when uh, uh, Abu hit that shot, there was probably like fifty, maybe sixty of us. We we're in that little uh, section, and the place just fucking exploded. That's and so everybody, cool. everybody was like not watching the game, like kind of turned, and, like looked at, like why are all these people like just yelling and hugging each other and making love and. Like literally fucking, 
uh, it was I should have been there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no shit, man. You <laughs> got to come. You know yeah, where I was? I got to come to more watch parties. Uh, I know. I, I had the opposite experience, but it was cool in almost the exact opposite way because I was actually at a brewery down in Lakeville. I got a couple hours away from the kids. I wasn't going to make a huge night of it. So but, you know, I got at least a break from the kids. So I went down there. I asked them to turn on the TV to the United game and the place. The brewery was full, but it was not a soccer watch party. Nobody cared. Uh, but then the ga- they were trading goals back and forth, and people started to watch. And they could tell that I was watching clearly, so they were asking me questions about, like, who's that dude? Oh, he shouldn't have done that. And then by the time that last goal happened, a bunch of randos who came there not to watch soccer, to do anything else, as soon as he scored that goal, the whole place was like, whoa, holy shit. That was what was cool about that's it. That's because it was entirely just randos. Yeah, that's that fucking were like, whoa. Brilliant. That's, I mean, that's how, that's how we grow this fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, in Minnesota, in the United States, yeah. like you just go and just be a fucking weirdo watching soccer yeah. at the and bar. People and people see it and get into yeah, it. Yeah, listen, like I've been at many bars where it's like I'm watching Liverpool or something like in the middle of the day, and um, I'm just, I'm losing losing my shit, like running around the yeah. fucking bar. And people nobody like, else cares until like, they what see it. What are you? What what's going on? Right. And then you're like, oh yeah, no no no, this is. This is fucking like this is my religion. Yeah, this is my religion. Anyways, and then, but but for them to catch a game like that, I mean, because oh you, god, yeah, you always try to hey, watch this. It's gonna be yeah. fun. Trust me, soccer's awesome. And then you it's do, the and worst it's a game zero ever. zero tie, and they're yeah. like, well, that was everything I've ever hated about it. But for them to catch that game, they're like, there's something fucking to this. That's yeah, cool. absolutely. That has nothing to do with Montreal, almost. <laughs> well, I mean, it, um, it is, and that they're, they they do not ever generally capture the imagination unless <laughs> they they are. They did inciting, on that day. inciting another team's fan base, basically. Right. So, so tw- 2017 was a big disappointment for them. Uh, they they scored 52 goals, so the offense was not terrible at all. But their defense allowed 58. Now, only one team has ever made the playoffs with 58 goals allowed, and we'll talk about them soon. It was San Jose last year. <laughs> um, depth was what they needed all around, um, but what they really needed, in my opinion, was youth. So I'm just gonna bleed into my overall take here. Ignacio Piatti is excellent, but he's also old as hell. Um, uh, Patrice Bernier is 38 years old 38 human revolutions around the sun um, actually if you go back in time and you look at Montreal's best guys over the last 5 years they're all old like I, I, I mean Drogba uh, I mean everybody you look at is old and Simon um, actually Piatti is still good but Bernier and Laurent Simon they're out now right and so is uh, Blair and Zamali. So, so they've offloaded a lot of this costly budget stuff, and they've gotten a lot, lot younger. Anthony Jackson Hamill is a super young guy. I think he can be a rising star. He looked good last year, but now he's got to get those minutes. They nabbed Raheem Edwards from Toronto. Raheem Edwards was excellent for Toronto, but Toronto, of course, is in such a place where they've got, they've got to pick tough choices among the roster. Yeah. Edwards is out and he's here now. So and, and he's still a young guy. Easy to forget he's only twenty two years old. Well they rated they rated actually LAFC. Like they basically like traded a bunch of stuff to LAFC to like draft people right. to trade to them. So Right. I mean, They're trying to get younger. Go ahead. I mean can we can we talk about like they they did so they got rid of their manager. They brought in uh, uh Liga 1 and uh Premier League manager Remy Gard. Yep. Um to right the ship. So this team was like average offensively, but below, like, um, or sorry. Variable. Take that. They were below average on offense, average on defense. They definitely, like, with the stuff they've done this year, they've definitely bolstered their defense, but they've definitely got worse on offense. And I th- so, I mean, I think I, that's true, but I think it's the right steps for the long term. Sure. They got, they got younger. Sure, but yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But, but they got younger. Did they get younger at the right 
places so is the is the question, I guess. I, I don't. I think they're at a short term loss. Yeah. I think they're worse in the short term. But if Anthony Jackson Hamill's a dude who can become what I think he can become, if Raheem Edwards actually can get forward and you know support the attack the way he did for Toronto. Yeah. I think they can be okay, and there may be one or two key pieces away from still being a good offense. At least that's what I think. I don't know. I, this team is. Definitely a step back and definitely not in the playoff picture this year. So right. Well, they, they did lose Tabla um, to yep. Barcelona B. I think it'll be really great to watch him play two years with Barcelona B, get zero minutes, and then go to uh, you know a, a Turkish name that I can't pronounce. I mean, <laughs> that, that is, we've seen this arc before. That's going to be yep. his career arc. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, All right. yep. There's Montreal for you. Um, Philadelphia Union. Let's move on to them. Um, the numbers, they had 42 points last year. Uh, they were in the right direction by three on the goal differential, and they're eighth in the Eastern Conference. They were the only uh, playoff team, or the only team that had a plus goal differential that missed the that playoffs. That did make, make the playoffs. Yeah, so. so there's that. Nothing about Philadelphia yet last year makes me think that they had a positive goal differential. I almost feel Abs- like the God. numbers almost have to be oh, wrong. God, no. So this is, this is like... One, like historically, one of the worst teams in uh, like road form in yes. MLS history. They just scored a bunch of goals against a bunch like a bunch of teams that were just not trying in right. Philadelphia, right? So, um, so that's really the key yeah. to and overcoming the GD. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, right here, like you know, we don't get to play Philly, Minnesota United. That, that is, doesn't get to play Philly at home this year because again. Holy Christ! Is this team really fucking terrible on on the road? Um, <laughs> but bad, and yes. we talked we talked about like front offices and and outside of the Revolution and I maybe mean, maybe FC Dallas like the front office in Philly is fucking terrible. Um, They've made some laughably poor strategic choices over yeah. time. It's not even like a, you take a gamble on a guy and you miss. It's it's yeah. like they had two starting quality goalkeepers and then they signed a, a DP at a goalkeeper spot. Yeah, you know, two years they're, ago. Like, they're act, it's like they're actively trying to hurt their team. So I feel bad for our Philadelphia Union uh, listeners. I'm sure there's they like, have a, they have great fans. I'm sure there's like twos of you, um, <laughs> but this this is a laughable franchise that is fucking terrible. The fact that Jim Curtin keeps coming back every year, he, he's fucking, uh, he's the, you know, fucking um, Friday the 13th, like, Michael. Like, the guy just keeps, you can't kill him. Like, you literally cannot kill him. You, you can stab him to death. You can bring him to the rope store. He's coming back because that motherfucker, I don't know, he's he must have uh, the dirtiest of pictures on everybody in the front office so i don't know if like that philadelphia front office just like has like a raging sex party every year where they do debauch things that's and then they let so. jim Curtin in with like a, like a camera phone and, like oh yeah no that's totally fine and then jim Curtin just takes a bunch of pictures of people in compromising positions you know um the owner getting butt fucked by the gm and the gm uh, <laughs> we haven't talked about their soccer at but, all but fucked by <laughs> the secretary and you know with the dildo human, human centipede uh, and, and the, the other secretary is 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 ramming the the female secretary like from behind I'm looking at my like a, watch right now to see how long this is going to continue there's like there's like a like a like a four man centipede or four person centipede going on yeah. where people are just butt fucking each other I don't know. Uh, Any soccer insights that you want to levy against us? I don't know. It was, they just they got rid of a bunch of players, <laughs> and they brought in, yeah, um, Gooch, Maurice Adu, uh Charlie Davies, Pontius, uh, the lesser one on them are out. They brought in David Akam. David Akam. That's cool. You can't call You can't. No, 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 no. Don't say that's, it's cool. That's it, David man. David Akam is a huge swing. But. 
but they, That's a they great get. literally did not bring anything else in other than David Akam. Okay, so so let's let's recap. So they've got. CJ please explain to me why David Akam is going to make this team oh, any better. Oh look, look, I'm not trying to say that these guys are going to all of a sudden come out and be contenders, but they've got CJ Sapong. CJ Sapong finally had the year Fuck that I CJ think. CJ Sapong. I was not done. CJ Sapong had the year that we've been waiting seven years for him to have. Now, the. What I mean to say by that is that he had a great year last year, and I also think it's unsustainable. You don't look at seven years of performance where he like never scored more than five goals and say, no, that's not who he was. He was who he was this one single time where he scored 16 goals. That would be unreasonable. He's going to regress toward the mean. I think that's definitely true. Um, but he did have a really, really good year last year. Now, if he can't replicate that, of course they don't have a ton going on now that they didn't have before, except David Akam on the wing, I think, is a really, really good add. And I think having a dude who can supply CJ Spong with good balls on a frequent basis and also can is actually a goal-scoring winger, I think that that could um, make it easier for CJ Spong to replicate the kind of success he had last year, where of I talked about regressing toward the mean. If there's any reason he's not going to regress toward the mean, it's because it's, it's because a calm is out there. They also have Fafa Picard. I'm still a big Fafa fan. I th I think he can do. I think he can. They can have a really good front three if they want to run three in the front. Now uh, the biggest problem is that they've done very little in the defense. They've done very little anywhere else. So I don't think they're contenders, but I think they can have a front three if they stay healthy. It's going to give them some goals and win them some games they would have otherwise lost. You've, That's it. You've just convinced me to move Philadelphia down my table. Jesus Christ. So thank you. David Akam was, was a key piece of Chicago's success last year. Yeah. And Chicago had you know a ton what, you of success. Know, you, you, know, you know how you, 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 you get success? You get distribution. And who in the fucking Philly is going to – Distribute the ball. That's a, that's a, I, so they, they lack a good attacking midfield presence, but I think that on the wing, David Akam can do some of that sure. stuff. It's, so could Kevin Molino. I would love to see Kevin Molino move to the right wing. I think that's a great idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's leave that there. Moving along. Okay. New, uh, New England yeah. Revs. What, what, uh, uh, they, they were the last team outside looking in in this conference in the yes, playoffs. Yes. They so finished uh, in the seventh in the Eastern Conference with 45 points last year, a negative eight goal differential. Uh, what do you have I, about the revolution? I have, I have some more. Dude, if, if you want an overview of how their 2017 went, just go back to our season preview podcast last year, pull out what we said about New England Revolution, and it was exactly correct. Yeah. I feel very just vindicated. Copy-paste. Like, like, literally, I, I remember saying the words, like, on paper, these guys look like world beaters. Diego Fagundes, Juan Agudelo. I, I, I'm not trying to say Juan Agudelo is a world beater, but he's a good MLS player. Kai Kamara. Lee Nguyen, I could keep going, and but it's, but it's we win, not Nguyen. Did I say Nguyen? Yeah, you said Nguyen. I yeah, know how to pronounce win. names. It's yeah. win. and uh, but ultimately they did exactly what we said. We said on paper these guys look like world beaters, and in practice we've seen it for several years now. They're utterly mediocre, and that's exactly what happened last year. Yeah, without any, I don't know what else to say, and I, I also don't see any reason they wouldn't be exactly that this year. I mean, one of probably one of my like like darkest moments as a Minnesota United fan and I've had several uh, was last year like that New England Revolution Minnesota United game when we just got like like just fucking beat 5 to 2 yep and it, it but the whole point was that the game it was not like we were probably in control of that game like that was the most disappointing and frustrating moment for me as a Minnesota United fan it's just like we were actually in control of that game for the most part but like our defense fucking blue. Uh, I remember that's well, actually when they announced the panic shirts, and I bought a panic shirt because you know it's Minnesota. Um, 
I mean, the ownership of the revolution is terrible. Uh, yep. They fired Jay Heaps finally. He after, was, a, I think, like, the longest, long... longest consecutively serving coach. Yeah. Right? And then they hired a guy who's never coached before in Brad Friedel. I mean, I guess if you want to hire a dude who's an American but with an English accent, I guess that's a thing. Cool. Uh, good for you. I, quality quality CV, brother. Like, nope. Like, I, you know, he, not going to. If you think Bob Kraft read his CV, then you're giving him way too much yeah, credit. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, one, however, we say that Diego Fagundes, Lee Nguyen, yeah. Kai Kamara. You said they, Nguyen again. It's, it's just Lee Nguyen. Um, they put together a roster that yeah, on paper should do well. But we talk about how they don't care, but the fun, the, fun, the fun point that I like to point out is that the Revs got six points on the road last year. That period. was yes, yes. That was six points on the road. That is <laughs> Minnesota. No, it's did not the worst, them. but it's it's very near the worst road team ever in MLS. And MLS, like, yeah, there is a definitely like a home field advantage, but it's not that. It's not. It's that not to much, the tune of right? six points so, in nine yeah. months. Um, yeah. And they were the second worst defense in MLS last year. So I mean, barring ML like Minnesota United, but they did nothing to fix that. Um, and also, they have an old bald guy who thinks he's British. So, cool. The the, the only thing I'll say, they got Gabriel Somi at the left back. He's gonna be. I I, I think he's a. He's not gonna be swapping duties with anybody. I, I think he's gonna be a steady left back for him. Um, but yes, their key area of opportunity, the defense, they've done very very little to improve. I keep saying a whole bunch of names here. There's names I haven't even mentioned that are huge. Kellen Rowe, who got U.S. Men's National Team time. Teal Bunbury, who was a one-time U.S. Men's National Team. Christian Nemeth. These are names I haven't even mentioned yet. Like, holy Lord. Now, the last thing that I want to say is, first of all, they got rid of Kai Kamara, which, given the colossal quantity of talent I just mentioned, probably made sense. Like, make make some room for somebody else, because in terms of quantity, certainly, they're not lacking at that position. So Kai Kamara sure. is gone. The other thing that's worth mentioning is that Lee Wynn wanted out. He tried hard and actually made a transfer request this year. He which still wants he, out. And he still does want out. Yeah. And, and so the question is, like, what does that do to morale? What does that do to his performance? Now, he's a professional. I don't think he's going to just, like, be shanking games. But, like, what does that do to morale in the locker room, his own personal morale? What does that do to the relationship among players and among coaches? Uh, are they eventually going to find the right deal to offload him and make that switch? I have no idea. But ultimately, the situation with Wynn is a loser for the Revs. Uh, if they were going to play that game of chicken, they're always going to lose because the only thing they've won by keeping him is having a dude who fucking hates the team playing for him. Yeah. That's it. So, yep. Anyway. All right. So, moving along to the sixth place the team Arbols. last year, the Narbols. Yeah. The Bread yeah, Bowls. The Bread Bowls. The New York Bread Bowls. Um, they had 50 points. They had a plus six goal differential. They ended up sixth in the Eastern Conference, um, as we mentioned. And they ended up uh, getting knocked out in the uh, playoffs. Uh, they did. They did make a finals appearance in the U.S. Open Cup. They did. I guess yeah, that's worth. Yeah, they, they lost to uh, lost to Sporting Kansas City uh, in the one of the three uh, cups that I thought <laughs> SKC would win last year. <laughs> so <laughs> they um, had an okay year. Yeah, they they were not terrible. Uh, again, it was like a, a general New York Red Bulls. They weren't terrible. Uh, but they weren't 
good either. So what do you have on the bread bowls? Yeah, 2017 has to be considered a disappointment. Yeah. Um, now, they did make the playoffs after losing Dax McCarty. I'll give him props for that. I mean, he was a key piece of what they had going on. But the question is now, they've lost Sasha Question to Orlando, as I already mentioned. Well, so. I, I was going to say, as, as is their custom, they – Jettison their captain after after a year. <laughs> yeah, right. So cool. I mean, good on you, no. I guess. I so they weathered Question the storm mark? of losing Dax, and that was tough. And he was a fan favorite too, and that that matters. Now that they've lost MLS's again two years consecutive uh, leading assist maker, I think that's too much for them to overcome, and they haven't done enough then to replace that. What I will give New York credit for, at least in the long term, is that RSL and Dallas get a ton of credit for the youth development and stuff like that, and rightfully so. Um, New York is uh, absolutely a money ball team. It's easy not to think of them that way when you think about the signings of dudes like Thierry Henry and stuff. But they, they sign a bunch of youth, they develop a bunch of youth, and they actually give the youth time too. So I think in the long term they're still built to perform but those two losses the last two years are too much for them to overcome, and I don't expect them to do it this year. I, I look at the guys they have now, Brian White, Amando Moreno, Ben Mines. What does that mean? I don't know. It's Let so the kids play, I guess. If there's one team, and even selling the midfielders that they sold, the Sasha questions, the Grillas and all that, if there's one team that has more fucking midfielders than Minnesota United – it's the goddamn New York Red Bulls. Sure. They have so much. Like, like literally, um, they were playing a 3-6-1 last year, right? Like, they had team so they pull it off, yeah. many goddamn midfielders. We could also probably pull off a 3-6-1 because we have so many fucking midfielders. Oh, and we have our, such a lack of depth at in our, the back that we could. Yeah, we, we might need, as well play we, three. We, yeah, we might as well. <laughs> like, we need to play a 3-6-1. Um, so we got people watching the Olympics here. Yeah, Olymp- getting into it. Olympic Olympic sports. Um, <laughs> sports. So yeah, so it, it, that is. I mean, and they're actually you know they brought in they actually you know they sent up made a bunch of midfielders. They brought in midfielders as well. So yeah. I don't know they uh, the attacking talent that they did bring in was Alejandro uh, Romero. Gamara uh, Kaku apparently is his nickname. Yeah, uh, he's a young DP from Argentina, um, and basically I think the whole thing what the Rebels are going to try to do is just clog the midfield, don't let anything into the middle of the field, and then hopefully they score a bunch of goals. They have and they have the attacking talent to do to do just that. Like they right. have, we like, haven't even talked about Bradley right? Yeah, and all this, so exactly. That. Like they have the attacking talent to score as many goals as they possibly can. Can they prevent? I mean, that's right, my big right. question. And for them, maybe so. a con- maybe a congested midfield is exactly the way to do that. I mean, I honestly, so I look at this. I feel like they don't didn't did they didn't do enough in the off season to enhance that. But there's also a I don't know if there's another team I'd trust as much with my own skepticism as this team because they've done it year after year. They won a couple of supporter shields in a few you know years span. Um, they have the great youth development. I like. I, I trust the ultimate direction, even if I'm looking at it saying this might be a tough year. Yeah, that's it. That's fair. Okay, let's move on. We could talk about this next team for a whole podcast. Maybe someday we'll do uh, that. God. We'll pour one out. The Columbus yeah. Crew. So uh, uh, let's ignore the obvious storyline for one second and just say, All right, what were crew. the hard numbers on the crew last year? Uh, 54 points. Uh, they finished uh, plus four goal differential, fifth in the Eastern Conference, and they made a run to the MLS uh, – uh, West Eastern Conference semifinals uh, 
barely succumbing to Toronto, but that's that's yeah. the thing that and what I wanted to hop out right away and say is that the obvious storyline is relocation to Austin, um, and for 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 good reason. But this is a team that made the playoffs, took care of Atlanta United in a really tough situation. Oh, beat the shit out of Atlanta they, United. They, they look Fuck like you, the better Atlanta team, United. Yeah. And then they, they gave Toronto a run for their money, who yep. ended up winning MLS Cup. It's not like this was just a bad team. There's mm. more to say about this team than just the threat of relocation, right? Exactly. Now, the question is, can they sustain that going into 2017? Uh, they got rid of Ola Kamara. And Justin Miram. And Justin Miram, who we talked about with yep. Orlando yep. also. And um, they added in a Giassi's artist. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish this. So, no, listen, uh, I, I actually literally had the same. They lost Ola Kamara and Justin Miram, but picked up LA Galaxy right back. You called him a Giassi's right artist. <laughs> and then, I, and then I, I really put in my notes, pause for snickering. <laughs> so... <laughs> Can, As can, continue. So, so Zardes figures to be a forward in Columbus. We saw that theoretically, yesterday. right? Well, we saw it yesterday. He played forward he yesterday did. against Minnesota. I, I didn't see and it. He actually. Was I didn't fine. watch any of the game. Because I did watch it. Really? He was. Fine. That was. That was. That, that's the. That was the first uh, preseason game you watched. That was the first one I was able to watch. Yes, because <laughs> of Tifo. That's oh my another, god. That's another uh, oh, podcast yeah. as well. We'll talk about that. So, yeah. um, and and he, and he was a forward, and he looks to be a forward, and that's fine. Jossie Zardes, it's easy to look at the U.S. men's national team failure and say, Jossie Zardes, fuck Jossie Zardes. Honestly, he's a solid MLS forward. He is not Ola Kamara. I think Columbus loses that trade. I think Ola Kamara is better, but Jossie Zardes is going to score his goals this year. I see him as a 10-goal scorer, and they'll be okay. They still have Federico Higuain. Dude is still as I mean he's almost on that Diego Valeri level in terms of being able to pull the strings in an attacking midfield spot. I mean, Losing Justin Miram is going to be harder on them, in my opinion, than having lost Ola Kamara and replaced him with Jossie Zardes. I mean, I would argue that I mean, the, this team's spine is great. Absolutely. Uh, Zach Steffen, uh, Will Trapp, uh, Higuain, that's great. Uh, they brought in Ricardo Clark and Mike Grilla. Yep. MLS vets. Like, MLS vets. People always – they like. The big splashy DP young, especially now young DP signings yeah. is always the thing that's like super sexy and all that. But really, like having MLS legs is is something that's super underrated. Which is uh, like something I wish actually Minnesota United would think about is like having MLS legs, which we didn't, so we definitely did not have last year. And some of our most competent signings were dudes like uh, Ethan Finley. Yeah, just a, just an MLS vet who knows how to get it done in this yeah. league. I mean, so I. Personally, I expect uh, Columbus to either make an MLS Cup run or a U.S. Open Cup run. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be in in the uh, in the hunt. For, I didn't for, say all that. For I, I think they will. Right. Honestly, personally, um, and maybe bolstered by the fact that this team is gonna be in Austin next year. Like they're just gonna like their fans are gonna be like, you know what? Fuck you. We're gonna win something and then we're gonna then take it over there and, then, and yeah. fuck you. So to MLS, which I 100% agree with. Like, fuck MLS. If I actually they think the team, team got worse. Austin. Really? I think the team actually got worse. They lose Kakutamane, which Kakutamane is no Kikuta great. Kakutamane is, but yeah, but they've lost Kakutamane, and I don't think they've suitably replaced him. Uh, they lost Justin Miram. I don't think they've suitably replaced replaced Justin Miram. They do still have Artur. Uh, dude's number eight. I think that that's and, a, that's and a Zach Steffen, who is like Zach Steffen's great, been a revelation as a goalkeeper. Great by goal. the way, so. so so I'm not saying that they're going to be shittier bad. teams have done w like better with good goalkeepers. So let me let me tell you this: if they make the playoffs this year, my jaw will not be on the floor. 
but I don't have them in the playoff picture in my final standings. Um, but they've got enough good pieces, Ooh. and I think they're manageable enough that they, they could do it. Intrigue. But no, I don't even have them. I don't even have them in the playoffs this year. Oh, I don't think they've suitably Fucking added to the spoiler alert. <laughs> I do. All right, All we'll, right. Get, we'll get Let's there because we're about to talk about the real teams now. These are the contenders, <laughs> and we're going to start with Atlanta United. Uh, on Atlanta? They had 55 points. Uh, they have a plus 30. They had a plus 30 goal differential last year. Uh, they finished fourth in the Eastern Conference. They managed to score zero playoff goals, which is the same amount of goals that Minnesota United <laughs> scored in the playoffs. <laughs> That's a great comparison. Zero goals. Yep, they won the same number Fuck of games, scored the same you, number of Atlanta goals. Atlanta United. And they came home with the five stripes. They came home with the same number of same number. We, we have five stripes now, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the same number of playoff goals as Atlanta United. So, yeah, uh, same number of trophies. Oh, I, I, remember, I, was, I remember where I was when we scored the goal. That went ahead. I was at uh, Sis- or not Sisyphus, um, Wild Minds Brewery, and there, it was the Twins' uh, playoff game against oh the Yankees, the yeah. Yankees, and we had the big screen on the Minnesota United game, and the Twins game had just started, right? So, but they had the sound on for the Minnesota United game, and there was like like sixty people there, and they, so people were like bitching about. That we could, want the twins. They want they, like literally every other every other screen had the twins game on. People are bitching like, like put this out and put this out. Like, like listen, there's sixty motherfuckers over here who want to watch the yeah. Minnesota, and like, they will fight Minnesota you. United game. They will and, cut you. And yeah, listen, you're a bunch of pansy ass twins fans. Like these are all like you know young soccer people. And uh, and when we scored the goal uh, to beat Atlanta in Atlanta, the fucking place exploded for like. Two thirds of the place. The other third was just like <laughs> Twins fans. Twins also, fans are like, also Arr. like coincided with like the Yankees like taking back the three run lead that the Twins oh, got right, in the yeah. first season in the first inning. So they were just so like just so they were just like oh fuck. And then every like all of us on this side were like yeah this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So they just and, hated you even more. And I mean I'm I, I'm a huge baseball fan. I fucking love baseball. I go to like probably like ten to fifteen Twins games a year. Like ten to fifteen Saints games a year. Um, I, I love baseball, but I'm just like, you know what? It, they didn't understand right. how much beating Atlanta in Atlanta they, meant. They, they probably to us. they probably also didn't understand what it's like to be on the other end of that coin all the time, which is what being a soccer fan is all about. Like True. going to a bar and be like, hey, can I get that uh, old Magnavox in the corner on that <laughs> microwave stand? Can I get that on? No. True. Um, What's the numbers for Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We, uh, I, t- I said that. I said the numbers at the beginning. Look, I wasn't paying you talk about? Why don't you talk about what you think Atlanta did this Atlanta, year so and, and last year and all that stuff? Look, they, they had a banner year for an expansion year. Uh, people, yep. people talk about uh, Chicago when in Chicago's expansion year. They didn't do what Chicago did because Chicago won two trophies. Yep. But in terms of uh, points per game, they absolutely did that. And they were way more fun to watch than Chicago was when Chicago and had Minnesota, their expansion team. by the way. They had a better expansion year than Minnesota. Also. No, no, they were way more fun to watch than Minnesota. Yeah, believe it or not, yes, they were more fun. <laughs> um, no, they, they were a ton of fun to watch, and it was all about the attack. Miguel Almiron was due to his link to Arsenal and ended up uh, you know, a year later coming to Atlanta and showed that that wasn't just hype, that he could be as good as that. Um, and then a goal-scoring machine like Joseph Martinez and stuff like that. It was That's the thing, though. It was all about the attack for them. Now, their defense allowed 40 goals. 
40 goals is not is not bad by any means, not at all. But also that if there's any area of opportunity for them, it's got to be in that back line and, and, and maybe in a number six position. But that's also where they did basically nothing. They added Barco, which is a wonderful, another young South American dude who's going to be huge in the attack. But they've done nothing to enhance their back four or five. And yeah. so I imagine they're going to have a very similar year. Yeah, I mean, they'll contend for the top of the Eastern Conference. Um, yeah, Barco is a – I mean, I watched his goal against Minnesota United on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. it was bonkers. It was class, yeah. It was like that That kid's fucking great. They're going to do great. Um, they but lost – They lost basically, like, the only loss they had was obviously, like, uh, Assad um, leaving, uh, Carlos Camona leaving – they didn't really do anything to like you mentioned like the back line. They like, didn't really do anything to sol- like solidify the defense, mm-hmm. but and they didn't have a criminal back line. Either, no, they Russia. didn't. So but what's going to push you over that edge? Because yeah. they only finished fourth. We talked a ton of positivity about them over the course of the year, and they were fun to watch. But they still only finished fourth in one conference. That's it. Well, I mean, part of it though, I think, was like they, it took them a while to get their footing. Once they got their footing, like, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was 6-1. to one, I mean, my, my one final thought on Atlanta United is they do play in Megatron's butthole. butthole so, there's that. I heard secretly that um, they had some problems with the retractable roof there. That um, it, it wasn't working properly. So, it's basically just always going to be um, open. Which uh, is also a great sphincter thought as well. To think that, that like, the sphincter no longer works and it's just always going to be open. Should... Embrace an open open sphincter. Right, right, right. This, yeah. yeah. Anybody anybody who has looked through my uh, browser history knows that. So. <laughs> okay, let's stop talking about them. Let's talk about them. For, for me, what was a way more interesting story last year, they weren't as fun to watch, but they were fun to watch, and they were a way more interesting story last year, the Chicago Fire. Yeah, they finished with 55 points, uh, a plus 14 goal differential, third in the Eastern Conference. Um, they, uh, you know, dropped – Three points to Minnesota United. Yes, they did. In, at home, and that it's co- weird how we're getting to the top of <laughs> this conference, yeah, and just rattling off people that we beat in a tough yeah. circumstance. And that's kind of cool. That that cost them uh, a, a playoff buy, which uh, ultimately uh, they couldn't get past Columbus. Kicked yeah. them in the ass. So, um, so. Uh, Nemanj Nikolic was a revelation last year. Uh, yep. The boot winner. Listen, this team was the worst team in MLS for in 2016 and 2017. Yep. He uh, brought them to prominence. Um, Pigfucker couldn't bring them to the World Cup this year. That's Boston Schweinsteiger. Um, in case you don't get the joke, Schweinsteiger yeah. translated literally means pig climber, <laughs> which has the connotation that you think it means. Pigfucker. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the Chicago journalist who asked him about like if now that he's joined the team if he, they thought he would win the World Cup and they didn't to which he said yeah, yeah I don't even remember what his what a great was. invitation like, to yeah. America he was like, classy about it yeah <laughs> he was I, he he definitely he didn't was tell him to go like, to hell but. yeah they did not so Chicago Fire did not win the World Cup. They were really good, and then they got really shitty at the end of the year and sort of slid out of. Uh, we started that. Yeah, they lost to us, and then yeah. it was kind of. They just hadn't all lost out. at home all year until they lost to us, and that was. Uh, and then they made a habit. That of was it. the thing. So, um, they obviously lost David Akam, uh, Matt Lampson to us this off season, um, but not much of consequence on their defense, which was their like that was the Chicago Fire's like 
biggest point was that they did not concede goals. They were one of the better teams on defense. Um, the question is, for me, is who was going to fill that a calm hole? Uh, they I brought thought you in, said a calm sucked. In terms of what Chicago Fire were doing, he made sense. I'm not saying he sucked. I never said he you, sucked. You don't, you don't see him having the same impact with the move? No. Okay, fair enough. Not to D.C. United. Because they're D.C. Because they're D.C. United, exactly. <laughs> um, they did bring in Serbian International uh, Alexander Katai. Uh but, I mean, again, it's international. We don't necessarily know how those guys play in MLS versus where they were playing before. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Chicago Fire? I, I don't have a lot to add to what you said. I, I feel the same about the successes that they've had. I feel the same that they haven't filled the Akam hole. The, that's, that's like such a dirty the phrase, hole. the Akam hole. The, uh, the only thing we haven't talked about at all is that Dax McCarty plays for this team and that the, the rise to prominence of this team. Now, Nemanja Nikolic was incredible. Basti was was really great. Akam had a stellar year, I think, because he was surrounded by better talent. But he also is a, is a solid MLS player. But you, just Dax McCarty is a great, great MLS player and a bulldog in the midfield. He doesn't get enough respect. He'll never get enough respect. And New York were worse for having lost him. Chicago were clearly infinitely better. You said the key story for them last year was worse to not quite first, but they, they were first for a hell of a long time. They, they were the only team that gave Toronto a run for their they, money in the yeah, supporter shield until that last, like, six yeah. weeks or whatever. Yeah. They were real good. They were they were right up there. It they, comes, they, it comes they down mean, to Dax. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's 100% correct, which means it's really great for Sasha Question in Orlando. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> make yeah. it, We're going to make a run, apparently. Let's hope so. So we only got two teams in this conference, and we'll wrap it up. The next one, second in the East, New York City FC. Uh, New York City FC ended uh, last year with 57 points, uh, plus 13 goal differential. Uh, second in the Western Conference and a uh, crashing out during the semifinals. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, Pirlo's gone. Uh, God bless Pirlo. You know, God, God save Pirlo. Um, I mean, they fade. So NYCFC faded late last year and needed help to secure that first round by Chicago. Obviously, tried to make a run at it, mm -hmm. uh, but again, they were subsequently Chicago sucked at the end. Too. Yeah, they were also. Yeah, it was. It was kind of a shit show at the end of the Eastern <laughs> Conference. Uh, like, who wanted the second seed? Like, no one really. No one really wanted it. Right. And you weren't going to catch Toronto either. either exactly. So not much to play for. Um. So that's actually a hump they've been unable to get over. Like NYCFC is actually been a pretty good team the last couple of years they make it to that semis and they can't get out of the semis um so big losses jack harrison is out of the side he's over in england now and uh mixed who my cat is named after um he is over plying his trades in manchester city somewhere i don't know uh, he did. He did get moved over there, but it was more of a holding pen before yeah. he could get loaned out. He's not going to be the next. Yeah. So mixed discouraged relegated to Manchester City East. Um, yeah. No, it would be uh, New York City FC East. New York City FC East. Oh, there. Yeah. The uh, that's right. That's what was funny. You know, because when when this whole arrangement started, we saw New York City FC as it was going to be the holding cell financially 
for the real team, right? Manchester City. And it's weird, like, more than anything else, that's gone the opposite direction. That New York City FC has cleared out space by loaning them over there, and mm-hmm. then they immediately go somewhere else. You mm-hmm. know, it's really weird that that, but, you know, that was the whole intention of the, at least it was going to be mutually beneficial no yeah. matter what. So, I mean, the team did, I mean, they, they, the team did bring in uh, a left winger, uh, Jesus Medina. Um, that's the key addition. Yep. Yeah. And, Paraguay they, and they still have Davavia, who is, like, Literally played his himself back into the Spanish side, so you really—that's how good he's been. You really cannot discount NYCFC with no. Davavia at, at, like, at the front of their attack, and then you bring in Hasus Medina. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're going to be a good team. They, but but you know, I look at obviously they brought in Medina, but but who else then? I mean, they lost lost Jack. Nobody Harrison, else, like you really. said. Honestly, what they did was they went Minnesota on it, and they got a bunch of Northern European dudes. Um, they grabbed Joe Inchberg, um fucking Scandinavian dude. Um, they grabbed Tajuri, who's a guy who's played in Austria and had good and bad years in fucking Austria, which is not that towering a talent. You know, like, they really haven't done enough to plug any holes that they've had. You could argue they don't have a ton of holes because they had a really well-rounded year last year, and that'd be fine, but... In my experience, at least watching this league, if you're being static, if you think you've got it all solved, you're falling behind. And we saw the same thing with Chelsea, actually, in the EPL. One of the things we said in our EPL preview before that season started was Chelsea won last year, and they didn't do enough to then find what was next. And if you're static, you're not moving. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. Yeah. And right now, Chelsea's in fifth in the table. So that's exactly what I worry with NYCFC. Not that I care, cause fuck them. But you know, yeah, it was probably a good move to offload mix. That dude was surplus to requirements. Certainly financially surplus to requirements. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with him getting rid of him. The way it happened was also hilarious. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, that it was. Uh, Umbro, I love the sarcastic Umbro announcements announcing that he had moved and like. Right. Neither of the teams announcing it, so yeah, who the fuck? I, I also love the the uh, sort of sarcastic excitement, like ooh, finally we got an MLS player getting promoted to one of the big time in like England when he clearly was it was a way station before he went to fucking Somalia or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love the fact that like my wife just really loved the name Mix Escarude and mixtape is mix it you know and a lot that's of and that's that's why our cat is named mixtape discarude because i think she just she loved like, i think she loved the idea of like a uh, uh norwegian like guy with like flowing oh brown hair i love the picture of him like riding a unicorn or whatever you know <laughs> that's what i think of it so okay a, lo- a lot of couples ha- and i think we've talked about this before a lot of couples have like a list of like basically usually celebrities that like like look if you ever get a chance to like fuck this guy it's off the books, right? Like, I won't hold it against you. It, do you think... I don't know if you ever talked about specifically, but do you think Mix would fall into that category for Anna? If Mix walked up to her in a bar and said, look, I'm Mix Dick Screw, I'd like, like to have sexual intercourse with He you. would probably be on, on, on that list. We've, we have not actually discussed that list. It feels like it probably would be on the yeah. list. Okay. Yeah, probably. What about you? If he wanted to have sex with you, would he be on the, on I mean, the I'm list? Gonna, I, listen, I, I'm going to put people that are... Like relatively local, that I might actually be able to fuck on that list. You only fuck local. (laughs) Well, you know, like local celebrities, right? Like I don't import none of that fancy German pussy. Well, you know, like obviously, yeah. I mean, obviously, like number one on that list is fucking Rihanna. Like I, yeah. (laughs) And I feel like Anna would feel the same way. Like okay, yeah, Rihanna. Cool. 
Yeah, you go do that. Uh, I feel like Mixed Discroot is probably like hairless down there. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I think that. Because he's got like super long hair and stuff. But oh, so, so he's I clearly. Think he's, I think he's just got like a like a uh, eighteen-year-old like, Finnish uh, like hairless butthole down there. That's my guess. I mean, cool. I, I guess. think we found the name for the podcast yeah. episode. There's one team left to hairless, talk about. <laughs> hairless Finnish butthole. I'm writing it down right now. Um, there's one team left oh. to talk about. It's the obvious team. It's, it's the, the MLS best team in MLS history. And the team that will probably be MLS Cup champions again. There's no uh, reason not, yeah, not Toronto to FC. Yeah, Toronto FC. Let me ask you this. Toronto FC. Hero, no, read the numbers. Can I, can I? 69 points. Nice. It is literally nice. Like I wish that my the <laughs> fucking Grim Reaper would come to invite me to hell, so that I never had to hear you fucking say nice to the number sixty nine <laughs> again. Like that's all nice. I want in this world. But also sixty nine points, most points ever picked up by an MLS team. Exactly. So, so I mean, it's very the be- nice. The best number of points. Quite nice. It's the very nice points. Yes. Uh, yeah. Plus three seven goal differential. Jesus. That's Man City numbers. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they obviously won the MLS Cup. Um, they also won a treble. Uh, people don't know. You, you talked about Sporting winning the treble. Nobody had ever won the treble before. Yeah, no. You talked about Sporting winning the treble. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Little did we know that it, it would actually happen It would all. actually happen yeah. with Toronto. So they won the Canadian Amway Company Cup. 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 Championship. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, and, and the, uh, you know, Sporter Shield and... The- MLS Cup. The people who want to say winning the Canadian Cup is not the same. Well, for, first of all, it's not the same. It's not okay, the same. No. It's not the same as winning, as the, winning US the US Open, Open Cup. Cup. No, but I don't think you take it away from them. God no. I think it's got its but own no. challenges. I and uh, they won it goddamn fair and square. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see them win the CCL. They've got their opportunity. They're two goals up right now on I mean, an aggregate in the first round of the CCL. That's my big thing with Toronto is can they win the uh, CCL? You like, know what? Based on the alignment of the season since, you know, basically what got them into the tournament was something that happened a while ago, but now they're only playing the CCL right now. They win the CCL. I'll give them a quad. I'll give them a retrospective quad. That's fair. Uh, they did lose uh, Stephen Betashore and Raheem Edwards, um, obviously. Um, Two big losses. Big losses opinion, yeah. for the team. Uh, they did bring in uh, former Netherlands international Gregory Vanderveel. And Ayo Akinola to replace them. So, I mean, they still have Altidore, Bradley, Gio. Here's I mean, what's, why, here's what's why, why would you not expect anything less than an MLS Cup like repeat again? No one mentions Eric Zavaleta. Eric Zavaleta is a goddamn monster, and he's surrounded by such immense talent like Altidore, like Javinko. Javinko, by the way, from a talent perspective, I don't know what his ending numbers will end up saying, but from a pure I test talent standpoint is the best player MLS has ever had in history. Not going to fucking yeah, argue that, about it. 100% fair. But the fact that Eric Zavaleta can put up the numbers that he puts up and go under the radar is the reason that Toronto will repeat. Because they're incredible. Now, the thing, about, the thing that people forget also is that their defense is part of the reason they've played themselves into this level of success. And they play with depending on their mood or depending on how much possession they're owning a three or a five man back line. Yeah. They can play with, with fewer pieces and they can also tighten up the seams. They play very centrally with those middle three, obviously because they've got wing backs who can really drop back really, really successfully or play forward. Now with Raheem Edwards gone, what does that mean for the wing back situation? I have no idea, but they were so much fun to watch last year and they haven't lost enough to suggest that, 
let me put it this way. They lost no more than Seattle lost when Seattle won the Cup two years ago and then returned and, and revisited the Cup last year. Uh, Toronto's awesome, and uh, I don't even not like them. A lot of times I hate awesome teams for various reasons, jealousy being among them. <laughs> I can't even hate them because yeah. I think they're doing the things that MLS requires to do it the right way. So so one of the, one of the beautiful things about uh, a Toronto is that for the longest time, they they were the Chicago Fire. No bigger DC laughing United stop. of Philadelphia Union of MLS. Right? One like, of their own players said midseason in a press conference, we're the worst team in the world. Yeah, they were terrible. Um, they bought Bradley, Altidore, uh, Giovinco, and they were still terrible. And then the owners were like, you know what? We should invest on defense. And you know what happened? Two years later, they won the fucking cup. So Such a quick turnaround. Like, like it's like you can – you obviously need you – need, uh, you need a Bradley. You need a six. You need Altidore. You need a Giovinco. You need guys who can finish. Um, but you need some fucking defense, and you need good defenders. And that is kind of the point of what, like, Toronto FC did – uh, and like our friend Bruce McGuire has mentioned that many times, is that as soon as Toronto signed good defenders, they started getting good again, or good for the first time. You have to start we, the back. We all, we all remember Toronto. Um, so yeah, so you so know what's funny? I, I, I want to because we're this is the last team we're going to talk about on this podcast, and I want to end on this thought, or generally this thought. Um, it. It is easier to turn your goddamn fortunes around faster in MLS than just about anywhere. Some of the roster mechanisms are so ridiculous in MLS and so hard to understand. We had a a big debate on what TAM actually meant with me and Bruce. I mean, name two dudes who are more into soccer than me and Bruce. I don't know. But we had a debate on what TAM actually meant the other day. Yeah, you, yeah. But I I also didn't know. But, but we're also two dudes who are pretty much in on it, right? Yeah. And we had two different definitions of what TAM meant. It can be really weird, but the idea of a salary cap and the idea of these different methods by which you can acquire talent means if you've got the right front office dudes in place, you can turn your shit around faster here in this league than anywhere else. Chicago did it last year, a worst to almost first in one year, and Toronto did it in basically two years and turn around and win the Cup. If there's any reason for Minnesota United fans to feel confident about the future, it's not because we have the front office talent that's going to be the ones to turn that around. I would love for the front office to be turned over. It's that, I'm not I'm not it's, crazy about it. But that the front office will be turned I, over. Imagine that's this. Your, that's your hope. I, imagine this. You've got Chris Wright, who's a dude who's only been on the job really for like five months now, and he finally reaches a point along with Bruce McGuire that says, honestly, this incestuous internal talent of like uh, Lagos and McGee is not enough. We need to bring in proven talent and identifying talent. You give them one year from there, that could be all the time it takes to turn the shit around. That could be the only difference between figuring it out and what we did last year. And that's a, that's a heartening thought, to think that it could be that quick. That is slightly heartening. I like it. Okay. So that's a positive note to roughly end on. So, <laughs> okay. So, but, but before we end, we need to go to, to summon it all up. What are our predictions for the season ending? Yes. So how do you want to do it? Do you want to read all of yours and then I read all of mine? Or do you want to start at the bottom, go back and forth one and let's the start, other? Let's start at the bottom and we'll okay. go up from there. So I just, I just did the best thing. I, uh, I texted my wife <laughs> because she texted me about getting groceries and shit. And I wrote her, I love you. 
but it accidentally put a question mark instead of <laughs> instead of like a period or that's, exclamation. That's I me, love that's you. Me, that's me every time. I love you? Question mark. Uh, I, I mean, don't know. It's mostly a question like, do you love me back? It's not. It's not like I love you. I'm questioning this. It's I love you. Do you? Do you also love now, me back? Now, for me, I didn't mean to do that shit okay. at all. all I right. just meant to say I love you, but now okay. it's just like, boo. All right, cool. Okay, let's start uh, at the bottom you, of the East. Yeah, who do you have in 11th? DC United. Perfect. They didn't do yep. enough to fix their done. shit. Done. Done. Yeah, done and roasted. Se- uh, second to last, 10th uh, place, Philadelphia Union. Ah, you know what? You talked me into moving Philadelphia Union down. I had... <laughs> Union and it's nine. funny because I had more positive things to say about them than you, but I always had them that shit. Yeah, in the first exactly. Place. Fair okay. enough. Third from last, ninth spot, Montreal Impact. Perfect. Yeah, wow. we're, we're in. We're fucking. I think he's insane, looking off man. my goddamn notes. No. This is the one where we're going to differ. I know because of the, the nature of the talk that we had. Eighth place, fourth from last, Columbus Crew. Oh, shit. I have yeah. New England Revolution Way down there. in eighth. Yeah. That's Unfortunately. New England Revs should be better. Yeah, but they won't be. That's oh, kind of God the point. Is that okay. They should be. Well, they always they always but they should always be, aren't. But they always are not. Oh God. So, so if if it's any if it's any consolation, I've got New England one spot ahead of them, seventh place, outside looking in New England. Oh, that's why I have Orlando City. Really? Yeah. All right, well, you're not yep. gonna like where I have Orlando City then. Mm. Um, just on the inside of the playoffs, uh, same as last year, I've got New York Red Bulls. Oh, Red Bulls at six. Okay. As well. All yeah. right. All right. All right. This is where it will be controversial. Fifth place, I've got Orlando City. I think Orlando City did enough. Josue, uh, Sasha Kleshton, and other dudes, I think they're going to get it done. Fifth place. All right. I have Chicago Fire in fifth. Dropping, huh? Yeah. Right. Well, I've got Chicago Fire in fourth, so it's basically the okay. fucking same thing. I have Atlanta United in fourth. So. Still fourth. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. I've got Atlanta. We're not that far off, actually. I've got Atlanta United in third place. Another good year, but they haven't done enough in the back to move above that threshold. So Atlanta uh, United in third place for me. I have NYCFC in third place Dropping this back. year. Okay, okay. Um, my bombshells. I have Columbus Crew in <laughs> second place this year. That's the one. Like, if it, we need to watch how this season goes because if there's any other weird fuck up that we are not aligned with, it's Columbus Crew. Yeah. I've got New York City FC. Okay. Second place, same as last year. And then obviously we both have Toronto. Toronto at the top. Yeah. Okay, so we're pretty close. We're pretty Fair, closely really close. So that's one. Fun. One big team. Big divergent. One big team. And then uh, we'll see. Let's let that be our bragging uh, rights. All right. Here, so. so that's so that's gonna be the that's the end of the Eastern Conference. That's it. Uh, so if you guys li- if you guys listen, uh, tomorrow or the following day, we're gonna drop the Western Conference Conference preview. That's gonna include Minnesota United. And then after that, we're, we're gonna drop a, a very brief Minnesota United preview. Then right. because we're following that, we're gonna yeah. have a full Minnesota on United Wednesday. Preview. We're gonna probably record, so it'll probably drop on Thursday or Friday. Of an the actual Minnesota United preview, Minnesota United preview. including I mean, a preview of the San Jose opener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah with the with the with the opener because we we'll, have that uh, a template for that. Right. We'll uh, so. we'll break out our questions then. We'll go without questions right now. Tell them quickly where they can find us and let's get the fuck out. Always here. at TDIKMN. Um, hit us up with your questions, especially if you are hearing this podcast. You have questions about uh, generally the. The predictions we're making or anything like that um fucking contest with yeah tell yeah. us we're wrong tell us why Let's we're wrong it. we're not wrong but tell us why we're wrong although we're both yeah we are but we're right in, yeah we're mostly in you know we're right but with tell each us. other but you know um you can find martin at offensive underscore loons uh me at texas zeller uh rate and like our shit on the facebook the <laughs> don't let, don't actually don't do it on the facebook because that thing is fucking don't bother done and dusted um the stitcher the itunes the all the podcast apps that you love and like and uh yeah that's pretty much it so we'll uh we'll see you in a in a day
if you're lucky. Hey, we are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Do the act we attract to hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.